0: Today on CityCast Denver, I have always said this city has been blessed to have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks slash restaurateurs with John Elway's Steakhouse and Peyton Manning's Papa John's franchises. So, what kind of restaurant would Aaron Rodgers open? Hmm. The Broncos have been stumbling over themselves to court the Green Bay QB, and it is getting messy. So we've got Citycast Denver contributor/Sports Guy Jake Shapiro and Westward founder/editor Patty Calhoun in the mix to answer the questions that actually matter. Today is Friday, February 4th, 2022. I'm Paul Caroli and this is Citycast Denver. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city that still hasn't hosted the Olympics. That's right, the Beijing Winter Games are kicking off today. There's a bunch of Coloradans over there competing. I think this episode is actually going to be dropping as the opening ceremony is happening live Friday morning. I'll probably be watching the rebroadcast at 8, though, um, and we've got a very sports-heavy show today. Joining me in this first half is Westward founder and editor, Patty Calhoun. Welcome back, Patty. Thanks so much. And Patty, are you going to be watching the opening ceremony tonight?
1: Probably uh, Probably not. No? I no think interest? I'll be in protest. I'm interested, but I'll probably read it instead. Mm. It's going to mm. be too cold to actually turn on the television <laughs> in my home.
0: Gosh, it's been cold. Uh, also joining me today is CityCast contributor Jake Shapiro. Welcome back to the show, Jake. I love being on this show so much. You guys are great. <laughs> so, Jake, how about you? Are you an Olympics guy? Uh, I already watched three different Olympic sporting events. So, yeah, the Olympics are wow. already underway. <laughs> Dang. Okay, cool. Um, I did not realize that. Uh, I'll be busy today. So our main topic for today, the Denver Broncos, what a week they've had. Oh my gosh. They ended yet another losing season a few weeks ago with three big holes to fill before next year. They needed a new owner, a new head coach, and a good quarterback. And so far it's going not great. Uh, we're going to take this one at a time, and I want to start with the coach because they made a hire last week, Nathaniel Hackett, a former offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Jake, I'm going to ask you about him in a second, but Patty, i got to start with you. You all had a very interesting story about the hiring process. Can you tell us about the meal that sealed the deal?
1: They were supposed to go to Shanahan's, the steakhouse started by Mike Shanahan, the longtime coach. And instead, they were having so much fun, they decided to go somewhere that was more fun, which is Los Dos Patrios, the original down on County Line Road. Great local Mexican chain owned by a really good family hmm. Hmm. that is now spot, you know advertising their Hackett special.
0: Yeah, I saw you guys said uh, in Westward this week that... Um there was like a two-hour wait to get in. after Sunday the night, news I was there, bro- and it was
1: a two-hour wait.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, good for that business, and also, you know, interesting that they were getting along so well, Hackett and the Broncos uh, management. We'll talk about that in a second. But Jake. Just tell me briefly, like who who is this Nathaniel Hackett guy? Why did they pick him?
2: Um, they picked him maybe, and due to every conspiracy theory on the internet, that Aaron Rodgers might come to Denver. I mean, you talked about them needing a quarterback. Uh, they went and hired his offensive coordinator from Green Bay. Uh, he does have a track record of working with the former MVP of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, last year. And that offense has been very good for two years. And the Broncos' offense... Um, I think has left a lot to be desired. They've been better than people have given them credit for, but they've left a lot to be desired with the talent they have at the skill positions over the last few years. So The idea is he can come in, be a different coach than Vic Fangio, who was a defensive-based guy, and kind of turn around the Broncos. But you think about him coming here, this could be a lame duck hire. It just could be flatly because they are going to get new leadership within the next six to 12 months.
0: Right. A new new owner could come in, want to put their own stamp on the team, yeah. clear, clear house, get rid of all these uh, old boys who've been running the Broncos for many years. Um, and that's kind of what I want to talk about next is this culture of the team, because there was, there was another story that came out this week that revealed quite a bit about who these people are and the character of this organization. And uh, that story revolves around former Miami Dolphins head coach, Brian Flores. He filed a lawsuit against the NFL this week for a variety of things, including sham interviews in violation of the NFL's Rooney rule, which requires teams to interview two external candidates of color for vacant head coaching jobs. Jay, can you explain what Flores is talking about with this lawsuit and how the Broncos are involved? This rule was instituted to try and garner more
2: diversity and to have the coaching staffs and the executive pool look more like the players, which are a majority black. Um, that has not really happened. Instead, there's a list of black and minority coaches in the NFL that's basically more or less just a checklist of saying, OK, we interviewed one of these guys for our open position And that's the box they have to check to make sure their hiring process fits within the NFL standard. Well, most of the time, if you're an NFL executive and you know you're going to fire your coach at the end of the season, you probably have a pretty good idea in mind who you want to be the next head coach. You rarely fire somebody without having someone hired in the first place. So this rule isn't necessarily designed the best, but it also has the intention of forming more diversity. And if these Interviews were not held in good faith, which in, you know, just logically thinking, a lot of them probably aren't. And Brian Flores and people like him, there's a lot of John Doe's in this case, have been interviewed many, many times. And after three or four interviews, they can kind of tell they're shams, right? Mm -hmm. And these John Doe's throughout the NFL, who are still coaching and still executives in the NFL because of a class action lawsuit, are going to need to decide whether or not they want to be part of that class, and that could have major permutations for the Broncos if they have a black coach right now, or because they also employed Vic uh, uh, Vance Joseph. And if Vance Joseph was thought to be fired, maybe for reasons that were, you know didn't fit in a line with the way white coaches were fired this could come back on the broncos also that way which i
0: haven't seen really talked about as well and so one broncos connection specifically with uh, with flores is one of these sham interviews flores is alleging that 2 years ago he was interviewing for the head coaching job here and in- Uh, the one that Vic Fangio ended up getting. And he says that uh, Bronco's leadership, including John Elway and Joe Ellis, showed up an hour late to his interview, and that they were clearly hung over from a late night of drinking the previous night. Um, Patty, I know you've you've been covering John Elway's exploits for years. Does that sound like John to you?
1: It does not sound impossible, to be fair in this case, which... You know, with Elway, you should see the comments people are putting up. I'm sure Jake's seen those, too. It They were going to Providence, Rhode Island. Supposedly, they had a late flight. Mm. And then the Broncos insist they were on time for this meeting. Flores says they weren't and that they were. They seemed very hungover, that they were an hour late. They could have been tired. They could have been hungover. I mean, certainly, there have always been many, many rumors about Elway and Elway's behavior in different bars around town.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's such an interesting contrast with the the deal or the meal that sealed the deal with uh, Hackett, that Los Dos Potrios meal that went so well. Like obviously they were buddy buddy Ellis and Elway and Hackett, but then in comparison with Flores's experience, it was such a disconnect. Like regardless of this late night of drinking, there was clearly not they weren't uh, communicating. They weren't like friendly in the
1: same way. The other thing when you think about the hiring though of Hackett they knew they were about to sell the team at the same time they hired him, so why they couldn't just hold on to Vic a little longer.
2: Yeah, and and you're looking at... um, So this process is literally a billion, billion dollar process that is taking place behind the scenes through a lot of people with money. So this isn't something that is unknown. Uh, I have a source within the Broncos organization who told me last NFL draft, which was in March, that they were going to be sold the following March. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone knows. It was an open secret. So why did they fire Vic Fangio? Simply because the Broncos were... lucky, underperformed, and their defense needed to be better and their special teams was atrocious. Um, So all of them were football reasons. You know, They're all just simple football reasons. And if you have the chance to go out and get one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL, no matter his politics, and your mind is thought on winning football games, which I'm assuming the general manager of the Broncos is worried about winning football games and not politics, um, you're going to go do that. And getting Nathaniel Hackett helps raises the Broncos chances of getting Aaron Rodgers.
0: Patty, there's something else I wanted to ask you about because it's something we've talked about a little bit on the show that I, I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around. And that's that's the role of this team in the city as a whole. Uh, Denverite had a story this week about how a new owner might shift plans for development around the stadium. But but where do you see the effects of this Broncos culture and the quality of the team on the city, like for non-football people?
1: Well, for non-football people, they're really, do we have to read about this anymore? But if you go back in time to 30 years ago, when Elway first came to town, more, 35, 40 years ago, when Elway first came to town, Denver was still worried it was a cow town. They loved having Broncos and sports teams. Um, and we hired a fired Denver Post gossip columnist, Elise Kagan. And we thought, who should she go cover? And the only celebrity we could think of, I mean, name the number of celebrities in Denver, was John Elway, who was a brand new baby quarterback at the time. And we went up to Greeley to football camp, went into the locker room, and they gave us an interview with John Elway. I was trying to find that cover from... The early 80s. And uh, he was a celebrity in a town that is always desperately looking for celebrity, or certainly was at the time, back in the early 80s, in the 90s. We have never had a lot of named celebrities, mm-hmm. and John Elway was one, which is one of the reasons he has so much power in this town. He's a person you love to hate, judging from the comments that are coming up. But, you know, he is he's ours well and i think that really brings us back
0: full circle i mean this is still a town that's desperate for celebrity and these football heroes are are the guys we had elway we had peyton manning come in win a super bowl he's every who doesn't love peyton manning in this town uh we've talked about aaron Rodgers a little bit and his politics and his vaccine skepticism has been well documented if we're courting him to come here what I don't know. Do we want that? I mean, do we want that for the team? Do we want that for the city? Jake, what do you think? I've always loved watching Aaron Rodgers play
2: football. He is the thinking man's quarterback, right? He Mm. is smart. He makes really good decisions. So to see him be um, very anti-vaccine and all these different things and kind of come across as a doofus over the last few months Mm -hmm. um, has been very stock from, you know, it's been the complete opposite from the way he plays football. So can you separate the art from the artist? I have a hard time doing that personally, but that might be different for some other person that might just go to the games and drink a beer and just want to watch the Broncos win. And Aaron Rodgers unless you're getting maybe Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers probably gives you the best chance to win football games. And at the end of the day, what are the Broncos looking at to do? They're looking to win football games. They're not a political organization. So the idea is now to just continue to draft and draft and draft until you get a top five or top 10 guy, because there are so many decent quarterbacks in the NFL, which wasn't the case when Brock Osweiler was the starting quarterback of the Broncos. The quarterbacks from 12 to 30 are all about the same now in the NFL, and they're all just fine. The Broncos have someone who's just fine. Okay,
0: Patty, what do you think? Is Aaron Rodgers the quarterback this city needs?
1: It might be the quarterback the Broncos needs, but this city would turn its back on the Broncos so fast. There is nothing that has been a bigger issue over the last two years, even arguably the election in 2020, that gets people so hot as vaccinations, masking, But when you add to it that he's a liar, you know that whole disassembling about whether or not he'd been vaccinated, blah blah blah. People are not going to put up with that. You know, you suddenly saw all these people, hi mom, loving Aaron Rodgers on Jeopardy. And then, have you ever seen anyone fall from favor so fast? He looked so smart, and then he proved he was not.
2: And I agree with you. He looked like an idiot. I mean, he—I said he looked like a doofus, and. I personally would not be around him right now because he's not vaccinated and I don't want to get COVID again. Um, but in the same <laughs> sense, I think the Broncos are too big for this discussion, to be honest. I don't think that people are going to walk out to, to empower field and picket the Broncos and stop going. You look at what the NFL's ratings have been over the last few weeks as their you know last six playoff games have been decided by a combined 21 points. Over 50 million people are watching every single game. The franchise values are skyrocketing. None of this... You know, Tom Brady has a MAGA hat in his locker while we turn him into a, a saint this weekend. Nobody cares. Like, it's all talk. I don't think that politics are something that's going to get in the way of football. I and, and I maybe wish that was different personally because what's going on is pretty stupid with Aaron Rodgers. But... The NFL didn't take a hard enough stance in trying to punish Aaron
0: Rodgers, and he broke so many rules when he was lying about those things. Fascinating. Fascinating. I can't get enough of this story. I'm so hooked on it. I'll I'll be watching as it rolls out. There's a lot of uncertainty here going into next season. We still need that new owner. The team is definitely going to be sold. Whoever it is is gonna make some decisions and change some things, and we'll we'll be following as it all rolls out. I think that's a perfectly good place for us to end this segment. We're gonna be back after a short break with something completely different with Bree and Peyton and Alexandra, Jake Shapiro, Patty Calhoun. Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, Thanks.
3: thanks. Okay, and we're back. And no more Paul or Jake or Patty, but here I am, Exandra. We threw uh, him off the room <laughs> threw him out of the room. We got a new uh, podcast crew. Here we are. Um, so no, uh, I, I'm Exandra. I'm here with our regular host, Brie Davies. Our newsletter writer, Peyton Garcia, is Hi. back from your wedding and your honeymoon. And now yep. you're a wife. I know. Now you have a husband. How does that feel? Um,
4: the same. <laughs> the same, not, yeah. not all that different to be <laughs> honest um which is what uh people told me it would feel like but now we'll get to have our first valentine's day as husband and wife Aww, which is pretty exciting that's, that's so cute. cute there's a nice restaurant in erie that we've been dying to try called 24 karat and um we just haven't been able to get in and so we're gonna make a reservation there i think uh it'll be
3: nice Good. Good. Lovely. Well, it's a perfect segue into what we're talking about in the back half of the show, because um, it's the month of love. It's uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. And regardless of how you feel about Valentine's Day, I mean, some people say it's, you know, it's a greeting card holiday, but like sometimes it's fun to celebrate. Um, And we want to hear Denver love stories. That's what we're, that's what we're asking people for. But we figured if we're going to ask people to send us Denver love stories, we should give you examples of what we're looking for. So, um, me, Bree, and Peyton are here today to share our, our own little love stories. And, um, We wanted to keep this kind of broad because, like, you know, it's okay if you don't have, like, a special person in your life. Um, That doesn't mean you should be excluded from the month of love. So love (laughs) stories about, you know, about people, but also about, like, pets and places that are important to you. Um, So, yeah. uh, But Peyton... Let's have you kick us off yeah. since, uh, you know, you just had this epic love story wedding. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, first on the, on the note that
4: you just left on, um, my Valentine's Day, actually, I was never really into the holiday, but it always makes me think of my dad. Because since I was little, um, he always hand-delivered a bouquet of yellow roses to me in class every valentine's Aww, day that's
3: it so was gosh. adorable and so
4: valentine's day was always it always made me think of my dad because he always made a point to do that and yellow was my favorite color and it was just such a nice treat you know What's your dad's Aww. name? Mike. Oh, Mike. Mike. Good what job, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it was really sweet. That's really um, sweet. But then I got a husband, so that's
5: <laughs> exciting. Um, Move over,
4: Mike. <laughs> yeah. Willie's in town. My uh, So Willie and I, I've mentioned on the show before, I'm sure, I grew up in the metro area um, all around Brighton, Denver, Westminster, um, and Willie grew up in Boulder. So we're both from Colorado, uh, but we met in London. Yeah, oh, so uh-huh. yeah, we met in London. I love to start that way. Um, it's actually not as random as you would think. We both went to CSU. We didn't know each other though, we'd never met, um, but we had both signed up for this summer semester in Europe. And um, you kind of, we never met the people who were also signed up in the program. You just, you showed up in London and you went to this hotel and you met the people that were going to be on this trip with you. And uh, that's, that's where I met him. Um it was kind of funny. He was one guy in a group of 14 girls. So I was felt like the bachelorette. Yeah. Some competition uh, there. Yeah, it was fun. We we hit it off right away and it, he We toured through like five different countries, and he asked me on a date like in every country, and I kept saying no because I was like, (laughs) "This." What's really funny is it was supposed to be a best friend trip. I went with my best friend, my BFF, and now she always jokes that it was supposed to be a BFF trip, and it ended up being this like really romantic, uh, like thing for me and Willie like you know we were at the top of the Eiffel Tower at sunset and my best friend Holly's like hey Hey. I'm here hey I'm out just Um, third wheeling every date in every country (laughs) yep exactly so it was it was it was romantic a first date in Germany um but anyways we came back to the states kept dating um all through you came back the rest to Denver, of college, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I came back to Denver. I still had to finish school at CSU. He was done. That was his last credit. Um, so he went to work in Boulder. Uh, and, you know, we've been together ever since. I'm definitely feeling the love this time of year. So that's, that's my little love story. Not quite Denver centric, but.
5: Yeah, but two Colorado people yeah. Denver meeting roots. in London—that's
4: yeah. amazing. That's yeah, a, what are the odds? He <laughs> always jokes. Um, he's like, I had to go all the way to Europe to meet
3: a girl from Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Peyton, thank you for sharing. Of course, and congratulations again on the wedding thank and the marriage.
5: You. I don't want to follow that. That was so beautiful. <laughs> oh. All right, Brie. That makes well, me love Willie even more. I know. He's pretty He's
3: a great guy. What a catch. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, Brie, I'm sorry, but you are up. So. Uh, <laughs> and I understand that your love story is connected to a place.
5: Yes, that we're in right now that we're in the in Westward right offices. Now.
3: Yes, take at, it away.
5: At our old Westward offices when I was writing for Westward, uh, we weekly were assigned or picked up stories um, about events happening in the city. So uh, there was just this music festival happening that nobody had picked up to write about. So I said, oh, I'll just, I'll take it. And um, I didn't know any of the bands or anybody organizing it. So I called up the the guy who was operating it, and it was my now husband, Greg. And we just hit it off. We had a nice conversation, but uh, he had like a... S- a very, he has a very slight Denver accent, and I don't know how exactly to explain it, but that's how I knew that he was from here. And wow. not that that's ever a qualifier for me. I mean, it is didn't... it
3: like 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 we say mountains instead of mountains? Yeah. Or like yeah, it's like words. a slight.
5: I don't know how to ex- explain the Denver like a droll, accent. a Denver. Should droll. have Greg on sometime and just yeah. do it. But but I was like, oh, this guy's cool, and we just we talked over the phone and. It, it, it was just a nice conversation. And the thing about being a reporter is sometimes the story comes from the person that's, if they can tell a good story, you're more likely to write a story about them. So I did this little event preview and then we were um, doing our like end of the year coverage. Who were the people, this was in 2012. Who were the people of 2013? It was this lucky 13 story. Who are the 13 people that are doing amazing things in Denver? And I was like, hey, Patty, i'm gonna call this guy greg up again because he was just really interesting had a great story and she was like yeah and she had actually covered some of his stuff too so she kind of knew him and um i interviewed him again we hit it off and he was like we should hang out sometime i was like yeah sure whatever and um
3: did you not realize that he was like asking you on a date i
5: honestly couldn't tell how old he was either because he sounded really young and i was like is this guy like 20 years old like i have no idea and I was like, ah, oh, whatever. And um, so we kind of lost track. And a couple months later, he hit me up and was like, hey, would your band want to play with my band on this show? And I was like, yeah, oh, that's sure. that's so cute. Like, yeah. yeah, whatever. And it was like... The day before the show, he called me and was like, hey, can I drop off some flyers for you? And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to give out flyers for a show that's tomorrow, but sure, whatever. And he came by my house and he dropped them off and I didn't give him a second look. I didn't pay attention. I was just like, cool, thanks. Close the door. And then at the show, my best friend Robin was like, that that guy's totally your boyfriend. And I was like...
3: (laughs) Oh, she had just decided. She just
5: decided. I was like, no, I'm not into blondes. He's not my boyfriend. And... I just kind of was like, whatever. We played the show. It was super fun. He was really nice. And then he asked me out on a date. And I said, or maybe I hit him up. I don't remember either way. But it was like a little while later, I said, hey, I've got tickets to this Westward event, Artopia. You want to go? He's like, yeah, sure. And we met up. We had the best time. We ended up knowing all of these artists that each other didn't know, which was weird because we both grew up here. Ended up later that we had a lot of crossover of Friends, but it was just initially interesting to me. I was like, how does he know all these bands I don't know? And I know these bands he doesn't know. And we just had a great time, and we were never not together ever since that moment. And I wrote a lot about him. If you read my old (laughs) columns in Westward, Greg was a prominent figure in those stories. Um, But something that was interesting about it was... The year before we met, he saw me play at the Denver County Fair. I was in a whole cover band and he was like, I saw you on stage and I was like, this girl is awesome. I want to meet her. And then you said something about being married. And so I just thought you were married. And what I had made a joke (laughs) about something (laughs) that went over his head. Yeah, And and I never, I didn't see him there. I didn't know. You know, he told me that like... A year later, he was like, oh, by the way, I saw you and I was in love with you.
3: What a great Denver love story. I know.
5: That's a very Denver love story. Yes. I loved
3: it. Thank you.
5: Very cute. So, Exandra... You have a love story to tell us.
3: I do. I wanted to give an example of a pet love story. So sorry, sorry, Cheyenne. Cheyenne. <laughs> My poor girlfriend. I told her last night that we were doing this, and uh, she got all excited. And I was like, uh, "So I'm going to talk about our cat." And she was just like, "Oh, okay, it's fine." <laughs> no, I'll tell that story. Another She's just going to be weeping she while she listens to <laughs> <us>. <laughs> She loves our we she, we love our cat so so much, and. It's kind of a sad love story, but it has a happy ending. So our cat bunny... She's a cat named Bunny. We we adopted her in 2020, in like the height of the pandemic. We were one of those, you know, people who were just like, "Oh my gosh, we're stuck at home. Let's get a pet." And we'd wanted a cat for a really long time. We finally lived in a place where we could have one. So we see her little picture on um, the Denver Dumb Friends League website, and we just like fall in love with her picture. We can't meet her in person because of COVID. Like everything is virtual. So we have a few phone calls and. It was like a little unnerving when we were talking to like some of the people who worked at the dumb friends league because they were like oh yeah you have to talk to um like a behavior specialist about this cat and we're like why and they're like well she has some behavior problems we're like okay so they told us she had a history of of biting and being overstimulated. And, um, you know, she's kind of a troubled cat. Like, she'd been in and out of the shelter many times in the past two years. How, how old is she? She, uh, when we adopted her, she was six. Okay. So, Love um, that. yeah. So, she, you know, she, she was, like, middle-aged, I guess you could say. And, um, and they have a hard time coming out of the shelters when yeah. when they're that they age. And cats. when they're black. Yeah. Yeah. She's black she's, right. She's a black kitty yeah. with a little white patch and uh, two white toes. And... Um, And yeah, I just, I was like, why, why does this cat just like, she just kept getting returned. Like people would adopt her. Like one guy had her for a single night and then returned her the next day being like, oh, she was way too much, too loud. Cause that was the other thing. She, she's, they were like, she's a screamer. She was like, talks all the time. We're like, okay, it's fine. So we bring her home. We're like a little nervous, sweetest cat ever. Just like immediately cuddly, um, very playful. It was just like the perfect combination of like what we wanted, like energetic, but also sweet and like cuddly. And so it was great. And then she got really sick, like about a week into us having her. She just would not touch food. And we were like, okay, this is strange. But people had told us, you know, when new cats come home, they take a little while to get adjusted. So just give her a few days. She'll start eating. Uh, She would not eat anything. So we eventually took her to the vet and said, you know, why isn't she eating? And they were like, oh, Uh, this is actually something really serious. We think that she's, you know, um, her liver is, is likely failing because she, you know, was sick at the shelter and they didn't catch it because, you know, again, they have so many cats to care for. So she had been sick for a while. She came to us. And at that point it was like almost too late. And so then it was like making the really hard decision of, do we save, do we like dump, you know, a lot of money into this cat that we just adopted to save her life. Um, and me and my girlfriend were like, yeah, just do it. We just just got to do it. So, um, so we ended up getting her into treatment, and they put her on fluids, and she was at the hospital for, like, three days. And eventually they had to put a tube into her neck because she wouldn't oh, eat wow. again. So Whoa. they put a tube that went into her neck and down to her um, stomach. It's like it was like a feeding was, tube. Yeah, it was like a feeding. They, they put in a feeding tube. Jeez. And we had to feed her through that tube for three months. Oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah. Twice a day. That's devotion. I know, I know. So you want to talk about how to bond with your pet quickly? <laughs> we bonded to Bunny so fast because it was like literally caring for like like a newborn baby or something. Yeah, that's I mean a lot it was just like like and it would take a while to feed mm-hmm. her because you, you couldn't go too fast putting this like slurry down her tube or she'd Weird. vomit and then she could throw the tube up, which would have been really bad. I mean it was like a shit show. <laughs> And it was, like, a really hard period for us, but, like, coming out of it and, like, watching her get stronger every day and then the moment that she started eating on her own was, like, the Aww. most beautiful moment. I mean, it was just, like, overwhelmingly, like, amazing. And, and then, you know, she got the tube out. And she's a happy, healthy kitty now, like a year and a half later. You we bought still her have own her. kitty
5: bunk beds. Yes.
3: so <laughs> she's sh- she's all good now. We spoil her. Yeah, she her liver, it's
5: fine. but it makes you realize like when you put so much love into a being, yes. like mm-hmm. how much it really, yeah, means it's a wild experience and
3: now yeah she's so spoiled rotten now we love her so so much and we're so grateful that we you know she came to us and she's a she's a denver kitty that's beautiful bunny yeah i love that
5: so so we want to hear your stories like this
3: Yes, yeah, right? What what Denver love stories do you have? I'm sure there are so many great ones out there. We want to hear them. We're collecting them. We're going to do something special with them before Valentine's Day. So there's a couple ways you can get your Denver love stories to us. You can call in and leave us a voicemail. That number is 720-500-5418. And you can also email us if you don't if if you'd rather write out your love story send us an email. We could read that on the show. Um, that email is Denver at citycast.fm. Um, and you'll I'll probably be putting those in the newsletter too. Yes. Peyton will be putting them in the newsletter. Um, so a lot, we just want to spread the love. Let's do it. Why not? Right. Would we need more? Yeah. We happy need some love nice stories at this time. And yeah. I want
5: some nice Denver stories. I want yeah. your old Denver stories. I want your new Denver stories. I want to hear what, Denver play what part Denver plays in your love story?
3: Absolutely. So, um, thanks for thanks for this, Peyton yeah, and Bree. This was good. fun. Hey, Telling like these yeah, stories got to learn that something new about all, both of you. It's oh. wonderful. And that's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were Paul Caroli, Lizzie Goldsmith, and me, Alexandra McMahon. Bree Davies is our host. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter. Our music is by Los Mochetes with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren, plus more from the Epidemic Sound Library. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on Twitter at CityCast Denver, and tell a friend about us next time you see them. You can sign up for our daily newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm surprised I remembered the phone number off the top of my head. Impressive. (laughs)